one thing that kept hounding me in my mind is at 19 that couldn't have been easy for you facing up to your parents facing up to well-meaning relations yeah. aunties uncles yeah like how oh did God. you handle all that you're taking me back to years in my life you know but i i, I even though there's a bit of emotions as i relieve the stories yeah i feel like as i relieve them it just reminds me of how much strength i've been blessed with yeah and how much i've come through to this point where i'm literally living now and to just see how much i've been blessed and nothing but gratitude fills my heart in fact i think it's more of gratitude beyond the emotions mm -hmm. i think I, I can talk about my story right now with a smiling face even yeah. though there's emotion pouring into my heart i can talk about it with a smiley face and just laugh through it okay. i couldn't do that at the time but now i yeah. can and the prevalent emotion is gratitude mm -hmm. so at the time when i found that i was pregnant it was just my dad my mom had passed away into in 2003 okay. um so and then i had i had a, you know i had aunties i had uncles aunties and uncles who were very present in my in my life in terms okay. of supporting us whether mentally or emotionally or even financially because my dad at the time wasn't working he had, had mm -hmm. he had an accident you know 10 years before my, my mom's which and it was the accident that took my mom's life so my dad uh -huh. had an accident 10 years before hers and that kind of you know left him incapacitated okay. yeah so we didn't even get support from this family members but they were present at that time so yeah um just to sum it up it was hard it was hard to break the news first to my dad yeah and then you know i'm I, I can't take away the fact that I'm a religious person, mm -hmm. so I also have like a, a community of, you know, of um, Christian friends yeah, yeah. who also are family. So yeah. that also was hard. <sighs> I think that was one of the hardest parts because um, just being able to fess up to say this is what has happened, knowing that knowing that I had done something that that should have gone a different way right. okay. you know i should have gone a different path with it in all honesty but it has happened now so the first hurdle was breaking that to my dad and it took everything in me to tell my dad which i did and of course he didn't take it nicely at all and then i had to go to some of my you know um christian friends and say this is what has happened and they were funny enough they were kind of really understanding mm -hmm. yeah they provided support i mean those are the helm of affairs provided the right support that I needed at the time so that was good from them but from family my dad was like flipping like he flipped <laughs> literally I remember my dad and I didn't speak after that time we didn't speak for close to five years Whoa. yes we didn't speak for close to five years he said he wanted nothing to do with me or my child in fact I think I should leave that part out but he didn't want yeah he didn't want that so it was either, I mean, yeah, so yeah. Weird, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So there's that, and then family. At that time, because I knew, I felt like I had to. I just needed to go away because it was too much for me to deal with in the same physical environment where I had lived and grown up in for the yeah. most part in Surulere. I had friends, people knew me, neighbors knew. I just had to go away. So now it was a case of, oh, where can I go, you know, and figure this out while I. So. Family members didn't want to take me in. They said, look, you made this mess, you know, figure out this mess on your own. Literally, nobody would take my, none of, no family member literally would take me in. And then the father, should I say 
father. The, yeah, father. I, I, there's no bile in my heart. So the father of my child, you know, had said, oh, you know, this is all unexpected. We're not prepared. He was, he was, um, I was 19, he was like 27. So I think he was yeah, 80 years older than I am. He yeah. was quite older Old, yeah. and should have had more maturity to, to handle the situation. But he said, no, that if I chose to go down this path, because like I told you, I'd already made up my mind. Right. I said, this is what I'm doing. So when he kept asking, so what do you want? I was like, this is what, what else do people do? When people have kids, when people get pregnant, what do they, like, this is my mindset at the time. I didn't even understand the, the, the path the of the other, yeah. the abortion. I, I didn't understand, I, I didn't know. Because literally, I was, you would think that this girl was working, she looked like an adult, but I was literally young and naive, very naive. So I'm like, when people have kids, what do they do? We're going to have the kid now. And he's like, no, if you choose to tell this path, you're all on your own, literally. I'm what? like, okay, deuces. And, you know, so from that time onward, it was more a case of friends, literally yeah. friends, a few friends coming to my rescue in terms of housing me, providing support helping me figure it out in terms of you know hospital visits yeah. baby shopping trying to figure out the finances having to go to to nyse camp even with the pregnancy because i knew i needed the certificate like to get a job in lagos at the yeah, time yeah. at that time you abs it's not I mean, it's not like now where you can find your way around it you have to have served if you want to get a, a decent enough job so i knew i had to get that so i could you know carry on with my life so I went to NYC camp with the pregnancy and nobody knew. Like, I didn't show till I was like seven months. Oh. I had a, like, I was really flat till like seven months. So I did every, I, I didn't want to stand out. I blended in, did everything everybody else was doing. I think I was four months at the time when I went for NYC camp. So I did everything, found, found a way to, so I was posted to, um, Bini Kembi. I'd never been to the North before, They're not, not even to Abuja. I found a way to sort myself out, come back to Lagos. I got a job teaching where I was earning like 10,000 a month Whoa. at that time. So I started to save up my my salary. I, I was living with a friend, so I didn't have to pay house rent. I started to save up. I was also doing jobs here and there, because you know, I have a background in like yeah. acting and stuff. So I would like, I found that in that, in during that moment, somehow people and things shifted uh, in my favor yeah like literally people and things shifted in my favor i remember that one time i went i used to go for lots of castings in between my teaching jobs i'll go for lots of castings and there was this casting i went for i think it was um i think it was mnet or something i was casting i went for that casting and they said oh you know we loved your delivery but you know at other at at time i'd yeah, begun to show so they said oh but you know, you know how do you how soon are you do you okay we'll take your number we'll take your details and then when you have her we can have you come back and literally three days after they're calling me to say oh look we just got a new script and we need somebody who's actually pregnant because the storyline was supposed to be somebody pregnant living with, with hiv yeah. and voila i got the job it was so much money the cast and crew were fantastic all through i filmed for like two weeks or a month to almost a month like literally took care of me paid all my hospital bills while i was yeah so pretty much you know long story short i feel like even in my moments of adversity and great like trial somehow things just orchestrated themselves in a way where everything kind of a lot of things conspired in my favor yeah you know so that's why when i look back at all those times it's mostly gratitude because if you honestly even ask me 
how I did it. I can't say to you that there, I had a blueprint or I had it. I never had it. Yeah, I was just yeah, going as it. I. I was going literally as each day passed, you know. But so I'm super thankful, you know, to have gone through all of that and to be here today. So family, it wasn't so easy. I had literally no support, but I found family in friends right. who literally, you know, came to my rescue and just offered me a home, a shoulder, support, you know, everything I needed to move to continue to move each day i found them as the need arose so yeah yeah like the the thing about like one of the reasons why i wanted you to be one of the first people i spoke to while studying on this journey is because like i've had like you have to be asleep like in this world mm. to not realize that like people have sex all right mm. young boys young girls like it happens like the world is hypersexualized so yeah. people do it and right. most times they do it from a place of no knowledge mm. so and and why they do it from a place of no knowledge is because some of our cultural upbringing and our religious upbringing so you see a situation whereby like it's been drummed into your head that it's a sin yeah all right so you don't go premeditated to commit a sin, alright. So you just let it happen. So instances just happen. So you might find out that when it happens, either the guy and the girl they don't have any sense of protection, sort of. Mm. So before you know, it turns into something else. Mm. Then I, I know we're trying this day and age with with sexual education and sensitization, but mm. it does happen. Now the part where the society vilifies people that become pregnant out of it. Yeah. creates a system where you see um, abortion on the, ab like, not necessarily mm -hmm. abortion but hidden abortion right the right. dangerous kind kind so mm -hmm. I know a friend we grew up together on the same street she literally died from hidden abortion and the story I heard was they used a hanger or something oh my to get the baby out oh my and that is because of the stigma mm. the stigma does more harm good because the society creates an environment where it makes it difficult for young girls that are pregnant to express themselves you make them feel that when they have a child that their life is over mm. so you create a negative feedback loop where people will find ways to get rid of the children yeah. but you're talking about life you're talking about people that could be born with gifts you're talking about people that could could impact the societies in ways that we don't see so that is one of the reasons why I want to I wanted to have these conversations with you because like I pretty much admire you I admire a lot of women in my life because Aww. I knew a lot of strong and resilient women mm. and I pretty much admire you because of the energy that like like you, you get the work done mm. and you have a teenage daughter and you started when you were still a teenager mm. so it's for me it's like it's a story that I, I want to get out there because there will be a lot of young girls that will find themselves in situations like this. Not necessarily because they are bad people, not necessarily yeah. because they lack home training, not necessarily because they don't know the right thing, mm. but we are humans. Yes. We make mistakes. Fallible humans, absolutely. E exactly. We mm -hmm. make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And those decisions, those decisions we make, not in our best state, shouldn't define or the entirety of our, of our lives, trajectory of our, our lives. So you, you can't just say, oh, because oh, I'm a girl at 17 or, or 18, I, I had I had sex with a boy, it was unprotected, and I got pregnant. It doesn't mean 
my agency as a person disappears. Mm. It doesn't mean I don't deserve love from my family. It doesn't mean I don't sure. deserve love 